wreaking havoc. Wreaking havoc. News, interviews, and more. We just wreak of Huntsville Havoc Hockey. Welcome to the first full-size edition of the Wreaking Havoc podcast. I'm Tim Lambert. We've had a lot of excitement over the announcement of our first interview. Rob Darrow announced his retirement a couple of weeks ago, and my cohort, Laura Pitts, will bring you her conversation with him on our inaugural In the Slot segment in just a minute. You'll also hear more about Laura in the coming weeks, too, on one of our Meet the Reekers Extra episodes. We'll be back with more after this. Got something to say? Put it on a t-shirt, or hoodie, or apron, or even an iPhone case. Just go to DaddyO'sCustomTees.com and make it happen. Look through their selection of ready-made designs, or make one of your own. Check out their special hockey designs, too. With DaddyO's Custom Tees, you can truly have it your way. Look for DaddyO's Custom Tees on Facebook, follow them on Twitter or Instagram, or go online to DaddyO'sCustomTees.com. That's D-A-D-D-Y-O-S, custom, T-E-E-S, dot com. Daddy-O's Custom Tees, they've got your back, or front. Let's go in the slot. Welcome, hockey fans, and Huntsville Havoc fans especially, to this week's Reekin' Havoc podcast for a segment we like to call In the Slot. My name is Laura Pitts. The goal of this podcast and these segments is to bring fans and listeners a variety of content, talking to coaches, trainers, staff, and players, anyone who is a part of the Huntsville Havoc hockey family. And today we welcome a veteran Havoc player, newly turned retired Havoc player to our show. Donning the number 77 jersey, forward Rob Dara from Monroe Township, New Jersey, has played with the Huntsville Havoc for five seasons. During his time as a Havoc player, he was part of the 2018-2019 SPHL Championship team. And in May of 2023, he announced his retirement from professional hockey, ending his career as the third all-time leader in Havoc career points and fourth all-time in Havoc career goals and career assists. Rob, thank you so much and welcome to the show. We're really happy to have you as our first guest. Hi, Laura. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on. I've been looking forward to this, and uh, I hope I can give everyone a good interview. Well, it's really funny um, getting you to be on our first um, show that we're having. I was commuting into work, thinking about who we could ask to be our first person. And so I'm driving into work, and I'm like, oh, Rob. Rob would be perfect. I don't know his story. I don't really know anything really about you. And I thought, this is perfect. So I've made this decision in the car, and I get to my office, and I get on social media, and you have retired. (laughs) (laughs) Like, literally, I'm, like, driving, and you're, like, still, you know, still playing, and now I'm here. And I'm like, oh, we've got to get him on now, for real, because he's he's made a decision to retire. So that was definitely a a little funny moment that I had when we were trying to figure out who our first guest was going to be. Yeah, that that is funny. Um, Yeah, it's... uh... It was definitely a hard decision um, to come to terms with, you know, hockey being over. And uh, but I, it, it was time, and uh, I really enjoyed my my five seasons in Huntsville. Um, it was a very, you know, very special place to me, and uh, it was uh, it was really really awesome. Well, we are going to kind of delve into that a little bit. Talk about retirement. 
um, talk about what you're planning to do next. Um, but one of the main goals of with the podcast, especially these little sections that we're going to do called In the Slot, where we talk to a player or a staff member, is we really want to tell a story, want to know your story, um, know how you kind of came to be here and, and all of those things. So, um, so tell us, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? What kind of family did you come from? Tell us about growing up um, yeah. and everything. Cool. Yeah. So I am um, from Monroe, New Jersey, uh, Monroe Township, New Jersey. Uh, it's a, a suburb, well, it's central New Jersey. So about 45 minutes south of New York City. Um, and, you know, I, I came, I have two brothers, an older brother, Mike, and a younger brother, Kevin, who both also played ice hockey growing up. And, uh, you know, hockey was very, very, uh, took up a lot of time in our, our family's lives growing up. Um, you know, with, with, uh, us all playing travel hockey, um, we all start, started from a very young age. Um, I started playing when, started skating when I was about three years old. Um, and then started playing on a travel hockey team when I was five. And then from there it just took off. But so my parents, you know, invest a lot of time and, and money and I'm very appreciative of that. Um, and they, you know what, they were, they were my biggest fans. So that's, was all it was always um very nice they would you know they watched all the games they came when they could and um but yes hockey um i would say brought our family together um you know very very tightly so was it always hockey was that always like the sport yeah well so i i mean growing up uh i played baseball um i played uh lacrosse i started golfing a little bit later on but um, no, it, you know, sports, I always love being outside, you know, throwing a ball around or, you know, playing roller hockey on our uh, on our driveway. And um, I just love I, I love playing sports. So you said you had two brothers. They also played yeah. hockey, right? Yes. Yeah. OK, so, so let's talk about so they're older than you playing hockey with them, you know, in the at home on the road were you on teams with them I mean how what was that like growing up with two other siblings that were kind of playing the game with you yeah so it was um well my older brother um is three years older and then my younger brother's two years younger so when when we would get home from school you know we get our homework done and then put our rollerblades on and we would we'd play roller hockey and it would usually be me and my younger brother against my older brother and you know every usually every day it would end in someone uh, arguing about who won and uh but yeah it was fun we were we were all really competitive and uh you know we're, we're all really close so uh yeah that that's something that that like I look back on and really um appreciate that they they helped me you know they they pushed me to to, to play at a high level and um it was it's really uh you know something that I, I look back on now and 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 don't take for granted so can you can recall that moment growing up when you thought, huh, I might actually have some sort of career or life playing this game that I love so much? Uh, one moment. I, I don't know if it's one moment. Um, I think, you know, just the the passion and, and the hard work that you try to put in um, every day um, or, you know, um, you know, in the summer times working out and then, you know, trying to just get to the highest level possible. Um, so I don't, I don't know if there was one moment exactly. Um, but you know, I, I, so I went to, um, 
I went to a prep school in, in Connecticut. It was called the, the gunnery school. Now it's called the Frederick gun school. Um, but that, that's really where, um, you know, I started getting some interest from colleges and college coaches started coming to watch our games. So I would say that at that time is when I really started taking it, you know, ultra uh, serious. And I think I would say that like in high school, that's like when, when I, I knew that there was a possibility that I could, you know, play even after college. So that ultra serious um, mindset that you had to develop, I mean, kids that are in high school, they're doing the high school thing. They're going to school. They may have a job. They're dating, you know, all these things that happened to us when we're in high school, but you're focusing in on, you know, hockey at that moment. Um, What kind of dedication did you as a young kid have to know, Hey, I've got to put this into it if I want to make something of myself with it. So it was, you know, it was, um, instead of, um, well, well, actually when, when I was, uh, in high school, um, I played on the high school team and then I also played on a travel team. So I would go from high school to high, I mean, sorry, I would go into high school, go to the high school practice. Then my mom would drive me from high school practice to the travel practice. And then I'd come home and, and have to do all my homework, um, so it, it was, um, you know, you, you just had to, uh, you know, have the focus and, and drive to, you know, want to do that every day. Um, and that, that really was, um, you know, it was sometimes not, not being able to hang out with my friends on the weekend because I was traveling, you know, all over the place up to Boston or, you know, um, to Connecticut or, you know, there, there was just like when most of my friends growing up, were able to, you know, go to the movies or, or do, do certain things that, you know, kids do. It's, uh, I had to, I, I didn't really, I, not, not that I didn't have that social aspect, but, um, it was, it was definitely, um, not as, um, I don't know the right words. Like well, I wasn't able to, to do it way. as much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You had to make that choice of yes, yeah. focus on this or I'm not, that makes sense. So we're going to get to how you ended up here in Huntsville here in a minute and talk about your time playing there. But what about the other leagues you played in? You played, you said you played in college. Um, any other leagues you've played in you can talk about? So, yeah, I, um, so I went to school at university of Vermont, um, up in Burlington and, uh, I really enjoyed it there. It's, uh, it was very cold and that's, um, it was really nice when I was down in Huntsville afterwards to be able to enjoy the, the nice warm weather. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I really enjoyed my time at, at UVM and uh, I, I still still keep in touch with all, a, a bunch of my old teammates and uh, I actually have a, a wedding uh, this summer. My roommates get married from from college. So looking forward to being able to see those guys again. But um, yeah, and then uh, the other yeah, I, I played, you know, a little bit. Uh, I got called up my first year to Reading um, and that was a cool experience. But I just knew um, Huntsville was you know, the, the place I wanted to be and, and just how the fans treated us and came to all the games and, you know, were very uh, enthusiastic, you know, and, and just like, it, it wasn't like that, you know, um, where I was at. And so that was really cool. And what I always um, really appreciated about Huntsville. Um, so how did you end up in Huntsville? How did that whole process happen for you? So to it's actually, here in Alabama? Yeah, it's, yep. So it's, um, I have to say, I didn't, I didn't really 
know um, much about Huntsville before um, coming here. Uh, I was in, I went to a tryout in the East Coast League in, in Kalamazoo, and I wound up uh, getting, I wound up not making the team, and it just so happened that Glenn, the head coach, was best friends with the head coach in Kalamazoo. So he, he, he asked me um, if, uh, if I wanted to keep playing, and I said, yeah, I'd, I'd like to keep playing. Um, and he, so he recommended that I, I come down and play, play for Glenn and Huntsville. And, you know, that was honestly, that was probably the, the best, the best uh, advice I got, you know, that was, it was really, really awesome that, you know, they were friends and Glenn played with the coach there. His name was Nick Bootland and it, uh, it worked out for the best. So what do you think became the fit here that kind of kept you in Huntsville? Because I mean, five seasons, you stayed. What was that fit? And and that kind of leads into this other thing, too, about I hear so many Havoc players um, in other interviews. They talk about this family aspect in Huntsville, um, not yeah, only you, part of the yeah. team, but the franchise, the ownership, too, that that's very important. So I wanted to get your perspective on that as well. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, you know, from the, from the top down, from Keith and Becky um, to the front office staff, to the coaches, and then to the teammates, like, it was some something that doesn't happen in, in many other minor league uh, hockey organizations, you know, that, at least that I've seen, you know, and, and it's, it's really special um, how everyone cares for each other, um, shows up, puts the hard work in. Um, and once, once the fans to really enjoy their experience um, at the games and, you know, all the, all the hard work that goes in behind the scenes, um, it's, it's truly impressive. And what really made my experience for five years down in Huntsville, um, really, really special. So, um, I was going to transition and talking about career stats, but you mentioned, um, coach DeTulio and I thought maybe you have any good stories of coach that you want to share or can share now, something funny that maybe fans uh, might need to know. Yeah, well, actually, the, the I have a pretty good story. My uh, my first night coming down to Huntsville, um, it was it was really late, and I called Glenn, and he was like, "Hey, like if you, if you don't mind, like I can uh, you can stay at my house tonight." And um, I was like, "Yeah, sure, I I'll, I'll stay at your house. You know, it's very nice of you." And um, <laughs> something that most most people wouldn't wouldn't do. And from there, I woke up that next morning and we had breakfast and I went to the rink, he went to the rink. And, you know, from there on, it was, we always had a great relationship. What kind of a uh, coaching leadership style would you say he was like, how did that his being under him inspire you and, and kind of push you to. For me, he, he knew how to, he knew how to get the best out of me. Um, he knew when I was playing at my best and he knew when I wasn't playing at my best and he knew what buttons to push. And, I think that's why he's had so much success and why I think, you know, him, him moving into a GM role and uh, Stu and Ty taking over as the coaches, you know, he's, he's a great uh, source of knowledge for them. And um, yeah, I mean, he, I, he, he was, he was an awesome coach. Let's look at your career stats that you've had. So you played 244 games as a Havoc player Um you are retiring as the third all-time leader with Havoc for career points, and that's 249 points. And then you're fourth 
in your career um, goals and assists with the Havoc. So you've got 98 goals and you have 151 assists. Pretty impressive. Um, and there's a lot of drive, I feel like, that is, that, to get to that level. Um, what is your, you know, how do you reflect on those stats going now into this retirement stage of your career? What's that reflection like? So it's, to be totally honest, it's not something you really think about, um, you know, while you're playing. Um, it's definitely cool um, to, to know that now, but I, it wasn't really anything that I, I, I just wanted to help, help the team win. And, uh, you know, it wasn't anything that really, um, I focused on while I was playing. Now it's kind of cool to look back and, you know, to, to, to see that, but, um, to be honest, it was more, so just, uh, how can I help the team win? You know, how, what can I do to, to become a better player and, you know, put the hard work in and then, you know, hopefully um, it, it, it all works out when the games happen. Um, but yeah, not, not something that I really like, uh, you know, ever worried about or, or thought much about while I was playing. Well, and with those career stats, which are wonderful to go out on with such a high level of, of having that, I know that all of those goals, all of those assists, they're all memories that were made at some point within a game, you know? And so I wanted to ask you then about those memorable moments that you can recall in your aspect of the Havoc history. You know, you're part of a championship team. So tell, talk a little bit about that experience of getting to run in that um, season and, and get to that end point. Yes. Yeah, so that was, that was really, that was a special season because um, I never, I never, throughout my, 25 years playing hockey. I never won a, like a championship for, for a league. Um, so that was really special. Um, I, uh, I still keep in touch with a lot of guys that, you know, moved away and, um, you know, they, they came back actually, there was a, there were a bunch of guys that came back for a weekend this past year. It was really cool seeing them. Um, but yeah, I think one moment that sticks out is, uh, we, we were playing in Birmingham in the finals in game one and it went into overtime and I was fortunate enough to score the OT winner in, in game one. And that was, uh, it's really special. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like that. I bet. Um, knowing that you're the, you're the reason, you know, the, the winning moment of that. And I always like this perspective too, that I hear from hockey players specifically that there's the two seasons of hockey, right? There's the, before the playoffs, and then the new season starts when it's playoff season. And um, I can remember us watching some of the games and I would, you know, there's these three, three day stretches. Um, and you have those in the regular season too. And you're playing home one night away, maybe the next two or you're away and then you're back home. And I would always think, oh, we're going to have a good night. First night, we're going to be really tired. And then by that third night, how are you guys out there doing this? And so I wanted to get your perspective having been in those positions of those three games in a row, by the time you get to that third game, how are you guys still driving and getting yourselves out there and having enough momentum to, you know, to play? And because I know you guys are tired. Yeah. So I, I think in, in those type uh, scenarios where we play a, a three and three nights, um, you know, both, both teams are doing it. So it's, it's more of the, the mental warfare of, you know, telling yourself you're not, tired or, or telling yourself you're not a little uh like with injuries and and, and playing through that so i i think it's you know the the mental battle of that is 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 harder than the physical aspect yeah I'm um, 
Yeah. And then, you know, I, you were talking about that championship team. And then I always think, you know, COVID derailed so much. And I'm still to this day will say, you know, if we hadn't had COVID, I feel like we would have won another championship. Maybe that's my havocness that's coming out in me, but I'm still 100% convinced of it. Um, when the COVID situation happened, um, what, I mean, what kind of perception did you have? What were you thinking as a player? Um, you know, we're obviously we've got to take care of everybody, but at the same time, this is your job. This is your career. Um, and something is totally derailing it at that moment. How did, how did you like mentally stay in check and keep everything going in such a really, um, uncertain time? Yeah. I mean, I Everyone was very affected by by COVID, and um, you know it was it was definitely hard because, like you said, the uncertainty of not knowing if there was going to be a season or or what what the rules would be or or how how everything would work out. Um, it was it was fortunate for us that we st- we wound up starting that season a little bit before the East Coast League and the AHL, which was a little different than than normal seasons where where they start you know, two, three weeks before us. And then, and then we start after, um, but I was, I was able to skate with, um, my old coach and a couple other, other guys that were playing uh, minor pro and, and at the, the NHL level. And so that was, that was nice. Cause I, I was able to, you know, still stay in, in, uh, as, as you would say, hockey shaped skating. And, um, so that, that honestly during COVID was, wasn't, a nice part that, that we got a little extra time to train, um, you know, work on our skills. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that, I mean, you know, a lot, a lot of, not a lot, but you know, a decent amount of guys, you know, they, with the uncertainty, they, they didn't know if they, if the season would happen and, and they, they decided to, to stop playing. And um, so that, that was a hard part. Some of the guys that, that might've, might've came back and played if that didn't happen. Um but yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, well, for you, what made you stay? Like, what was your going through your mind to say no? Nope, um, I just, I, I, re- I formed great relationships with uh, some of the players, like you know, Nolan, Cy, uh, Ty, uh, Derek Pearl, um, and you know, some of the guys that that were there the, the entire time I was there, you know, and 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 those guys, you know, just becoming so so friendly with them, and um, it. it that that really like helped um, me make my decision. Um, hey, listen, guys, you, are, what are you thinking? Are you guys going to keep playing? Or and and once they said that they were, I was like, well, I still feel like I can I can keep playing, so <laughs> might as well give it give it a shot. Right, right. Well, piggybacking off of that, talking about some of your teammates, do you have any good stories or anything about your teammates? It might be kind of an interesting for the listeners out there. You know, we, we all, uh, most of us like to golf. We were, we were fortunate enough to be able to play golf, you know, after practice. And uh, I don't know if I have any, like, stories. Well, let me ask this. If you had a group text with all the guys, right, who would be the first one you think would respond to you texting them? The someday? first one to respond would probably yeah. be either Nolan or Ty. <laughs> um, that is funny because I always wonder about the camaraderie. Like, we see – um, teams, you know, players come and go all the time, but it seems like there's just such a bond with the guys in the havoc. There's just old teammates, new teammates. Like there's just a bond that stays there. So um, I, I'm really appreciative of knowing knowing that for you guys. Um, so something else wanted to ask you: um, you can't win every game. 
there's some heartbreaking losses that happen occasionally. And I would say that they tend to build character and drive in athletes in general. So can you talk about those times when, you know, you lost the game? It, it didn't turn out like you wanted it to. And you've got to get back up the next day and either play or, you know, regroup and figure out what's going on. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's ups and downs in every season. And sometimes you could you could play better. And, and you know, the, the puck just you, you don't have the puck lock that night. Um, so I, I think the best thing is just to rely on your hard work and, you know, all the, all the time you, you put in uh, and you you rely on that hard work and, you know, eventually the, the, those, those bad puck luck nights, you know, will turn into, you know, maybe not the next night, but the, the weekend after you, you wind up scoring five, six goals, um, yeah. like, you know, the team and, yeah. Um, but yeah, just relying on, on that hard work and, and, staying mentally focused and prepared. That was a, another thing, you know, I, I would say that, you know, we watched, we, we would watch video before, before practice, um, you know, every, every day trying to get, you know, better our team game. Um, and I, I was, you know, visually that, that always helped me uh, to be able to see, you know, what, you know, what, what the other team is going to, is going to like throw at us that, that weekend, whether it's in the defensive zone or, you know, through the neutral zone or, or how, how they play their D zone and, and little, little tidbits that, that we can use to, to try to, um, you know, help us when, when, when those times, when those bad puck luck nights happen, you know, it's, it's, it, we're doing certain things that, you know, I, I'm not sure other teams are putting that much effort and, and, and that's, and that's a credit to, you know, Glenn and, and Stu, because that's, that's a lot of, a lot of time video and, cutting video all the time so that that was always very I, I appreciated that a lot well and it takes a lot of organization a lot of leadership to to get to that point to yeah. say, hey we need to look at these things we need to go over this stuff to um to better ourselves to better ourselves as athletes and and, yeah, be, and 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 honestly to be more prepared than the other team that'll give you the best chance at beating them that that weekend yeah, so that's an interesting question that I have, I guess, personally, is you watch these these um, these videos, you're preparing, and then you're on the ice. You know, they always say, like, they can't, you can't prepare yourself until you're in the real world for whatever the scenario is. So how is watching all of that and getting ready, and then you're on the ice, you're actually having to do it? Um, how do you recall all that stuff? Or is it just like a natural part of playing and a part of just being a part of it for so long? Yeah, well, I think it's it's partly that, but it's it's also you know if, if they should if, if you see certain tendencies that that teams like to do, um, you can um, not not that we change our systems up like we we are our our, our um, motto is always the havoc way, and you know we we weren't gonna we, we were gonna try for teams to adjust to how we were playing, but certain things you know um, X's and O's wise where you, if you just had, like, say we, we knew Knoxville was playing a certain way, their, their D-men were, were playing a certain way, we could, we could try to, you know, use our strategy, and um, it, it, would, it, it would help. But, but yes, you know what? It, it does, um, for, for, some, for, for hockey players, you don't, it's just natural. Like, you watch the video, and you don't, you don't think about it. You go out and play. It's, it's in the back of your mind where you yeah. just subconsciously just know that that's how they're going to play. And uh-huh. you, you try to, you try to use that little bit of info 
to to get the the one up on them. Well, it's interesting you say that because I was going to ask. You know, there's some some nice um, rivalries, I'll say, in a lot between a lot of the SVHL teams. We could always, I would always know. If Huntsville's playing this team tonight, oh, I'm, there's probably going to be some good fights, right? Or there's going to be there's there's no telling what's going to or that's going to be a tough one. So I wanted to know, did you have some teams that you just you dreaded having to go play, or even more so, was there like players on other teams that you're like, oh, I'm going to have to go up against them again? Like I know they're a good player, and I know they're tough. They're going to give us, you know, a time. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say I ever dreaded playing certain teams or certain players. I I always tried to have you know, respect for, you know, the, the other teams and, and those players. Um, but I, I would say, you know, our, our biggest rival just for, for me personally, I, I always felt like Birmingham just because it was, you know, so close and it was the battle of, of Alabama. And I will um, say, I'll say that that was one I would, when we play them, I know there's going to be a fight. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, I, it was, that was never me. I was never no. much of a fighter, but um, yeah, there, there was uh definitely some heated games that we, we, uh, we played against them. And, um, you know, it, it was sort of like, a, un- unfortunately a full circle where my, f- you know, the first year we, we beat, uh, Birmingham in the finals. And then this year when, you know, the last game I played in was against Birmingham. So, um, sort of a full circle, but you, you know, you, you have the respect for those players and the, the head coach in Birmingham was, was on the team and he actually retired after my first season. So, you know, when you when you go through the the handshake line, you, you wish you wish them luck and and uh, just that 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 certain respect. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's not that it's only in hockey, but it's it's uh, it's 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 a little different. I don't know. I I just think that um, for for hockey, it's um, you just have that you just have that respect. Yeah. Well, and I, I would imagine that um, it's kind of driven into you too in the the younger leagues that that's how you guys treat each other too and um, and to be honest like to the even at the the, the top at, at the nhl like you see like when when they when they go to when they finish their playoff series everyone you know shakes each other's hands and you know will we'll say a little bit to each player um you don't you don't see that much in in other sports which no, is it's no. special for hockey we'll be back with more of the reek and havoc podcast I'm John O'Hurley, and I support Paralyzed Veterans of America because our heroes have sacrificed so much for our independence. While parachuting with my platoon, my parachute didn't open. It left me paralyzed. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Paralyzed Veterans of America is providing specialized medical care, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. To learn more, go to pva.org. The next thing I wanted to do, we're going to get to retirement, which is what is on everybody's everybody is waiting for. So I'm going to make them wait a little bit longer. They want to know what you're going to be up to and what you're doing. But one thing we want to remember is that, you know, the hockey fan base, especially the Huntsville Havoc fan base, it's growing. It keeps growing. You've got veteran fans and new fans. I had um, some friends that uh, somebody I went to college with who her and her husband and son went to their first Havoc game this past season and got really into it. And so that was really like, you know, veteran fans, new fans coming on board. Things are always happening. 
And um, I always also like to think that it's just, you know, it's Alabama. We're in the South. Uh, it's hot. <laughs> we don't get a lot of snow or ice on the ground. You know, hockey may not necessarily be relatively new to some people, but um, it's not necessarily that you're going to go to your high school in Alabama and have, be on a yeah. hockey team. You know, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. not there. Yeah. And so I like to think, too, um, we have a lot of fans who may not know a lot about the game. Um, and so I wanted to give players, when they come on here, this opportunity to kind of help educate some of these new fans and maybe even veterans veterans um, that don't know a lot about how the game is played. So um, you're our first person, and we're going to see if you can help some of the fans understand this concept of line changing and I say this with a smile and a laugh because I remember my first hockey game that I attended um I you know I understood and this this has been years and years ago but I can remember distinctly I know what the goal is of the game but I do not understand how they just know to come off that ice and on that ice and it's just like this dance you guys just know when to move and when not to move explain that process to someone explain that to us um help even me kind of wrap my head around that whole concept yeah okay so line change yeah it's it's it probably looks a lot more sporadic and and uh you know confusing than what it is but um so how i can explain it is glenn will will say like there's so there's two forward lines that are on the bench and there's one on the ice. So there's, there's nine full or 10 forwards, but there's three, three lines. So one line's on the ice and there's two lines on the bench. So Glenn will say, um, Rob, your line's up next. So me and me and my two wingers will know that we're, we're going to be jumping out there and we change. So like I would change for the, the center, the, the other center that's on the ice and then the left wing and right wing similarly. So, Line changing, it, it happens when you're tired. Um, you, you just know, generally, you would say 45 seconds to a minute long, you're on the ice. Um, and then once the center that's on the ice comes and hops off, I know that I have to wait until he's, you know, almost at the bench, yeah, basically, and and then I jump onto the ice. So it's it, it's not as um, confusing as it, as it may look, but um, – yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it really, it, it's, um, and that's another thing where it's like natural for us out there. We, we're not, you know, thinking you're just looking to see when that next centerman's coming off the ice and I hop on for him. So does that, does that sort of answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was going to ask what, what happens when you've said you have to wait for them to get to a certain point, what happens so if, when you if jump the gun, what if you, what if you yeah, jump the so, gun and go ahead? Yeah. So if, if I was, if I was to leave before, say, you know, Cy was another centerman. If Cy was far enough away from the bench and I jumped on and touched the puck, we would get a too many men uh, penalty. And then someone from the ice would have to sit for two minutes in the box. And and, then it's happened, right? Yeah. Well, it happens. You you try for it. um, Obviously it's that, that type of penalty, usually the, like Glenn like, or any, you know, any coach, you don't, you don't want it. It happens, but it's, you hope sometimes it's, it's just like um, it, the puck just goes your way and, or towards you and it, and it hits into you where it, it, at that point it's at the ref's discretion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, so it's, they technically don't have to be on the bench before I change, but you, you should wait 
um, until until they're almost on the bench. Yeah. And I wonder if in this paying attention and knowing, I mean, the Von Braun is not, it's probably not like playing in other arenas. It's like it's its own little animal. It's huge. It's loud. Um, SPHL released today that um, the attendance for the season was talking about it. And Huntsville had 150,000 fans that attended games last year, averaging 5,000 per game. Um, so how does that atmosphere alone in the Von Braun impact good and bad, I guess, and, and when, with y'all and stuff? Well, well, first, I, I would just like to say, you know, that that is honestly that's that's one of the the great things about playing in front of the Havocs fans. There aren't there aren't many other teams in minor minor hockey that can get five thousand fans to come come watch the games, and and the players really we we, we feed off that. Um, we, we love the energy, um, and and it's really really special to play in in Huntsville. And then a lot of the teams that come in that helps us because they're not used to playing in front of five thousand fans a night. Um, so, but back to your question, I would say it, it's you're locked into the game, so you hear the noise and you hear the cheers and and you hear you hear everything, but you're focused on on following the puck and, and, and knowing what our systems are and, and how we're playing to where it doesn't affect um, the, the noise doesn't, doesn't, at least me, me personally, it, it, it yeah. didn't affect me um, or distract me. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you bring up that there, there are teams that come to play in Huntsville at the Von Braun and they're not used, like their crowds are substantially smaller and the sound in their arenas is different. And so I, I never thought about the, I guess, intimidation factor that kind of comes with being in Huntsville and playing in that arena and in that setting. Well, the, yes, the intimidation factor, but also that, you know, that the, the guys in the other team, they, they really enjoy it too. So they, you know, you know, we're going to get everyone's best game when they come to Huntsville, which is a, a really good thing because we, we want to, you know, to have, you know, uh, like, um, you know, a competitive game for the fans. Like, it, you wouldn't yeah. want, like, you know, if, if there's blowouts all the time, like, it, yeah. it wouldn't be. But it, it, it elevates everyone's play, and that's what, what is really, really special about it. Well, I know um, that it's always been a lot of fun for us as a family to go. Our little um, boy, he – he went to his first Havoc game. He was four and a half um, when he, oh, we wow. him. yeah, my, he's my stepson. And so he went and he, you know, he didn't really know much about hockey. And so now it's fun when we, we know, especially, especially if we're playing Birmingham, just to be real specific, we're going to get a good show and he loves it. And it's just this whole atmosphere and it's just a lot of fun. I'll even look over and he'll, he'll know icing's coming, you know, he'll, oh, that's a puck out of plate. It's just so funny to listen to him say those things and to get into it. So you guys are inspiring a lot of kids, a lot of young ones who um, may never even set foot on an ice rink to try to play. You guys are definitely instilling in them a lot of stuff. So I, I give you guys kudos for that one. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I appreciate that, but it, it's, it really goes back to the, you know, the, the I can't praise the, the front office and from the top down, um, everyone, you know, really put so much time and effort to really enjoy how seeing, you know, like your, your son, um, be able to enjoy the game. Uh, and, and that's, that's, what's really, you know, awesome about that's it. What it's a, that's what it's all about too, yeah. in some ways that, that aspect. Well, we're going to get into the part that everyone wants to know, um, because 
Sadly, you're breaking hearts in the Havoc community <laughs> because you have announced your retirement. Uh, it came as a shock to a lot of us, especially me when I finally sat down that day and was like, we're going to have Rob come on our show and then Rob is retiring. Um, But then it was also kind of suspected when the protected list was announced and you, your name wasn't on it. I remember my husband said, he's not on that list. And he was naming all the people and I was like, "Ah, it doesn't mean anything. Well, it meant something. And so um, tell us about this whole retirement decision um, was it planned? Was you, did you just decide this is the time? Like what went into you deciding, you know what, I'm, I'm hanging up my skates for now. Yeah. So I, uh, it, it was, it was definitely a hard decision. Um, something you like, like we talked about earlier, you know, you put so much time and effort for so many years and, um, but it, I, I would say it was time. Um, it, I, uh, I, 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 I had back surgery, um, when I was in college and that, um, it was, it was sort of just, it, yeah, it was sort of, you know, five years after college. Now it's, um, uh, it was getting a little harder to travel. Um, it was, it was getting a little harder to, uh, you know, get my body right, um, for the games. Um, and, and that, that, that really was probably the, the ultimate deciding factor. Um, I, I know that I would, I would still love to play and, would try to play until um, I couldn't, but it, 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 that was sort of the, the, um, the ultimate factor, just the, you know, not feeling, you know, maybe not a, like a hundred percent or just the, how the, the, the back, my back just wasn't um, cooperating really anymore. And that was, so it, it, but that made it the decision a little bit easier to come to terms to, you know, yeah. that, that I, I wasn't physically, um, you know, maybe not where I wanted to be. And was it, did you decide at the, you knew going into this season, Hey, this is my last, or was it like end of the season? I mean, like when, what was the moment this year when you're like, yep, this is the time. It was probably, um, it was probably in February or March. Um, I just, uh, you know, the, the bus trips were getting a little harder, uh, you know, and, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't fully, I never like hundred percent said I wasn't going to play, but, um, it, it, not that it was like creeping into my mind, but it was just, you know, uh, it wasn't as easy traveling, um, like it was my first couple of years, if that, if that helps yeah. Um, answer. Yeah. Well, I guess there's also this reality that athletes all have to determine is that you can't play the sport forever. At some point you, you won't be able to play it. And for you at this age, knowing that, I mean, how do you, how do you come to grips with that? Cause you've, I mean, you've been playing for 20 something years. You grew up doing it. Um, are you still going to pick up your skates from time to time for fun? Or are you just, this is it. Yeah, I, I think I, so I, I play, um, roller hockey in the summertime with my older brother. Um, and we, we have like a, a men's a men's league team. So that, that's always fun. I always enjoy doing that. Um, skating wise, I, I probably, I probably won't for, you know, a little while now, but, uh, definitely, definitely stay involved with, with the roller hockey and, uh, um, yeah, I, uh, do you play roller hockey like every summer? Is that like a summer thing that you pick up? Or yeah, so it, well, it's uh, it, it's like um, we we put a team in. I have 
a couple of my friends, a couple of my brother's friends, and you know we play in a, play in a league, and it's uh, it's it's a little different than ice hockey. Um, yeah. You know the rules are a little different, um, yeah. but yeah, it's it's very fun, and uh, I, I always enjoy it. But I'm, yeah, I'm but- also in the summer. In the summer, I'm skating on the yeah. ice too. But this is just something fun with my friends and brother and his friends. Well, and you get to be a little bit, your competitiveness is a little bit. Absolutely. Okay, so what does retirement look like now? So you, you've retired. What is that? What are you going to be doing? Where are you going to be living? Where, where, what, is, what is Rob's um, next great adventure? Yeah, so I'll be, uh, I'll be staying in New Jersey. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm working now with my older brother. We have... Um, an intermodal chassis business right outside of, well, it's in Newark, New Jersey, and it's, it's right outside the, the port of Newark. So uh, an intermodal chassis is the way I'd explain it is an 18 wheeler hooks up to um, it's, it's the trailer part of, and and so a a trucking company will come into our yard, hook up to the chassis, and then they'll, they'll take the chassis into the port and then, when the big ships come in with all the containers on them, yeah. they'll get loaded off and then the, the container will go on top of our chassis and then the, the, the truck company will, will go and make the delivery. So we, we only have, we rent the, 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 the chassis part to trucking companies. So I, um, still, uh, adjusting a bit, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was fortunate enough while I was down in Huntsville to, to help my brother out, um, you know, on the computer and, and, uh, you know, with certain things. And I, I was always very appreciative that, you know, that he, he allowed me to help, you know, to, to work a little bit while I was down there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, you know, the, the nine to five, uh, lifestyle is starting, starting to sink in. <laughs> and when did that, when did that nine to five start? Like, like the day, like the day after the season ended or did you take a little break, do anything in between? So I, um, I, I stayed down in Huntsville. Uh, we, we had our end of the te- end of the year party on the Friday after our season ended at, uh, at, a, a coach's, uh, lake house. And then, um, I, I wound up driving home that next Monday. Uh, I drove home I'm trying to recall now I drove home, drove home the Tuesday, the, the following Tuesday. And then I, uh, I started, started working. Uh, that Wednesday. Yeah. So right into it. <laughs> yeah, so that was what a lot of people are wondering. Are you staying in Huntsville? Or are you going back home? How does that? So um, being back home, though, in New Jersey, are you around family now? I mean, you said your brothers around your parents. Yeah. So my yeah, my my uh, so I'm staying at my parents house right now um, and, you know, eventually going to look to to move out. But, uh, you know, and probably, you know, maybe like the end of the summertime. Um, and then my my older brother and his wife and his uh, nine-month-old daughter live uh, up closer towards New York City, um, but they on, in New Jersey, but right across the Hudson River in, in a, a, a little town called Hoboken. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, and my my younger brother lives up in Boston. Um, so everyone's close, you know. Uh, I have I have a lot of uh, relatives that live uh, in, in in my town, and uh, you know, and relatively close. So it's. I have a, a pretty big family, so it's nice to, you know, see everyone now. And but I, I, I will say, I mean, I, I plan on definitely coming back to Huntsville and, you know, visiting. Um, I've met so many special people, and 
um, built so many great relationships that uh, I definitely look forward to getting back down to, to catch a couple games next year. And, um, you know, it just re- really, I, I, I want to reiterate, like I, I didn't, I never was in Alabama before I, I came down to Huntsville and, and I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, it was, it was really, really nice to uh, meet so many nice people and, and, and gain those relationships with, with uh, so many people. Well, I'm glad that you you're, you say that because one of the things that we want to do in these um, in the slot segments where we interview players and coaches and staff and stuff is we want to offer fans um, where they can actually ask questions. And so we've been gathering some fans um, to to give us some questions um, to ask about that. And and again, it's just so neat seeing how supportive the Huntsville fan base is when a player is out there on the ice or they're moving to another team, they get called up, they come back, they retire. It's like, there's just this camaraderie and just so much support forever for whatever they do. And so the first question that someone had given us was what are your hobbies outside of hockey? Like what are you, when you're not playing hockey and now you're not, what are what are your hobbies? I, uh, I love to golf. Um, I, uh, I, I, I like to play. I'm very competitive and that's, you know, sort of, you know, you were saying uh, before about the, the hockey aspect and even playing roller hockey, just being competitive. I love to golf, and, and it's such a challenging sport. Um, and I, I just love that aspect that um, you're playing against yourself, basically, and, and it's, it's, it's so hard. And, um, but I, I, I just, yeah, I, I really enjoy playing golf now. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so another question we had a fan give us was, do you have a favorite NHL team? Yes, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a, a New Jersey Devils fan. Okay, okay. Um, then another one, another question we had, we had, I think we have two more and a couple of comments I was going to read you. Um, what was your favorite specialty jersey night and what was your least favorite specialty jersey night? Okay. Um, I would say my favorite one is military appreciation night. Yeah. Uh, there were, there were a couple jerseys throughout the years that were really, really nice. Um, then least favorite trying to sell. Oh, I, well, the, the Nickelodeon jerseys were a little, they just <laughs> didn't, didn't have the greatest look to them. Um, right. so I, I'd probably say that just like the, that greenish yellow color, uh, those were, those are probably my least favorite. <laughs> it, it's funny you mentioned the the military knots. Those are just th- th- those um, those knots, and even the Melissa George knot. They're just emotional knots when you know what you're playing out there for, and you're raising all that money. Um, I was always enamored when I would we would stay late and we'd watch the auctions for the jerseys afterwards on the ice and just see how much the fan base would raise for those causes and stuff. Um, so again, another kudos to the to the fan base and to the organization for for making sure those things happen. Yes, and that and that I'd also like to say them the Melissa George jerseys, we, we would always um you know get a get a tour of the NICU unit and um just to be able to see, you know, what the money was sort of being raised for was really special. Um, and how that impacted so many people's lives. And um, so that, that was also, yes, very, very special night. Well, and it puts to perspective what you're doing. You know, we're yeah. playing hockey. There's a, there's, there's a lot bigger things out there, more important things, even though hockey is important. But that those types of um, specialty nights like that, especially when you're raising money for um, a good need, a good reason like that, 
really puts the whole thing into perspective that we're, you know, we're having fun. We're enjoying this. But we're also doing some good in our community. Yes, um, and that really stands out to me too, about the Havoc franchise in general is that they're just, they give back to the community. They're really, that matters to them. Yes. And, and, and yeah, then that's, you know, it, it starts from the top, you know, with, with Keith and Becky and then, you know, everyone, you know, wants the fans and everyone to in, enjoy their time and, and feel appreciated. You know, that's why I think they, they get that the, they wind up beating their own record every year for attendance because they really do care about the fans and the fan base and, you know, helping out people in Huntsville and, and the, the, the surrounding areas. And then another question that we had come through, someone wanted to know um, what your favorite places to eat in Huntsville were. And if there was any specific type of food that you wish you could have found more of. So my favorite place to eat in Huntsville, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I, I always, uh, we, we would go to the, the diner right over by um, the practice rink. Um, I, I always really enjoyed eating there. Um, is it City like, Cafe? Is that what that is? Yes, yes. City, yep, City Diner. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I would go to Farm Burger every once in a while. I, I enjoyed the burger there. Um yeah. I'm trying to think other places. I think someone even asked if they were going to see you at the diner. So now we know that you're back home in New Jersey on the other side of the state. So to answer whoever's question that was, you will not see him very often there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I would go there pretty frequently. <laughs> um, and then just finally, we had a couple of comments that come through, and I really wanted to share those just so you would know about how um, much of an impact you have made throughout your time here Um with the havoc nine-year-old a nine-year-old boy his name is Caden Hart he sent in a question and he wanted to know what you'd be doing after retirement so we already touched on that but Caden um his dad sent that in and said that he cried when he found out that you're retiring because he wouldn't see you playing anymore and so he you're his favorite player and I wanted to make sure that you you knew that you've made an impact in Huntsville. yeah well that that's special for me to hear and you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to just tell Caden uh, next time I'm down in Huntsville watching a game, I'd love to meet him and, you know, get to get to watch a little bit of the game with him and, uh, yeah, be able to just say say thank you in person. And then we had another listener who also, I, we didn't get a name, but they didn't have a question, but they just wanted to tell you, they said, thank you, Rob, for your time and your efforts with the Havoc. You will be missed by the team and the fans. I, I yeah, I really, I really do appreciate it. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's the fans that made the the five years so special. And, and I'm not one that's big on, you know, social media. Um, but I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, to, to really show my appreciation for, you know, the fan base and the, the front office and everyone that works for the Havoc because they made my time there um, very special and something that I'll never forget. Well, and I think that really sums up the truth from today is that, you know, we've all enjoyed watching you play. Um, we've enjoyed having you be part of the Havoc family and, and donning those uniforms for all those seasons. And I've, I think I can speak for the fan base when I say you're always going to be part of the pack down here and that we're well, going to miss you. I, uh, I, I really appreciate that. And um, I guess words can't really describe, but um, I, I, I absolutely loved my time there and, 
you know, anyone that asks me, I'll always say, if you're ever down in Huntsville, catch a game. Um, it's, it's just something, you know, most other minor league teams, even other sports don't have the, the, the fan, the fan base that, that the havoc have. And that's, um, something that's very, very awesome. And something that I really cherished. Well, we really appreciate you and we appreciate, I do, your time that you took today um, after your nine to five, getting to, you know, stop and and talk with us, especially for the fans who are going to be listening to this podcast. We um, we all really hope you've enjoyed today's chat with Rob um, as part of our inaugural kickoff episode for this. Um, Rob, thank you again so very much. We really appreciate you. Um Again, my name is Laura Pitts. I'm so thankful to be hosting and helping with this. And a little shout out to the fans like he was talking about. You know, going forward, we want um, you all to let us know who you want to have on the show, what kind of questions. Um, We want you to send those questions in to us um, for the players, the staff, the coaches, even if it's former players that you would like for us to try to track down and find out what their lives are like now. Um, send us those questions at Reekin Havoc. That's R-E-E-K-I-N-H-A-V-O-C at Outlook.com. Reekin Havoc at Outlook.com. Um, we'll be sure to, to get those in the running for it. But, uh, Rob, listen, we have had a great time talking. I really appreciate it. I think the fans are going to enjoy this. We wish you the immense amount of success for whatever your next journey is. And we definitely want you to know you've always got a home down here in, in Alabama and in Huntsville with us. Yeah. Thank you very much, Laura, for having me on. I, I really, uh, I really uh, enjoyed this. And um, I hope, uh, I hope you guys can get a couple more players on and uh, that, that'd be awesome. I, I, I hope that the fans want to hear from like Ty, Tyler and, and Nolan and because you know, they have, they have so much, uh, so much, they, they feel, feel so, uh, that Huntsville is such a special place. So, yeah, I, I hope this uh, takes off. And uh, thank you very much for having me on. Yes, thank you. And listeners, until next time, stay sharp in the slot and keep reeking of Huntsville Havoc hockey. Thank you so very much for listening today, everybody. There is no easy way in. There are no compromises, shortcuts, or excuses. There is no backing down, slowing down, or giving up. There is no greater challenge and no greater purpose. There is no easy way in. If there were, it wouldn't be the Marine Corps. If you think you have what it takes to earn the title, visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The few. The proud. The Marines. Hey, this is Freak Daddy, the voice of the Huntsville Havoc, and you're listening to the Rickin' Havoc Podcast. The Southern Professional Hockey League announced that attendance across the league was up 16.1% this past season and had set a record with its first ever regular season of over 1 million fans in the seats. The 1,026,831 mark passed the previous record set in 2014-15. to The Havoc, of course, led the SPHL for the eighth year in a row, with 154,362 in attendance, a franchise record, which translates to an average of 5,513 per game. Birmingham, Evansville, Knoxville, Pensacola, and Roanoke also set club records, and Fayetteville had their highest total since 2005 to 2006 when they were known as the Fire Ants. Playoff attendance in the postseason also set a record with 57,519 fans, 
eclipsing a 10-year-old total of 53,153. This year's average attendance was at its second highest, 3,027, to 2013's 3,126. The alternate jersey auction is going on through Sunday at 7 p.m. All are game-worn and most are signed. Go online to HuntsvilleHavoc.com to the Fan Zone tab and click on Auctions. Just as an FYI, the team store is under renovation and will be closed until construction is done. You can still order online at HavocGear.com and pick up at the office. Don't forget about the annual Youth Skills Camp coming up June 19th through 22nd. Kids ages 8 to 14 can learn from coaches Stuart Steffen and Tyler Piacentini. For more information, go online to HuntsvilleHavoc.com forward slash youth hyphen camp or go to the Huntsville Havoc Facebook page. Download the official Huntsville Havoc app for your iOS or Android device or at HavocRewards.com and start winning and earning points today. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. As an adult, kids want to know you're listening to them, but they also want to listen to you. When it comes to alcohol, they want to know your expectations and how and why to avoid underage drinking. Talking early and often about it in everyday conversations reinforces your message and keeps lines of communication open. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. For tickets, official Huntsville Havoc merchandise, and more, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com. Visit our website at ReekinHavoc.com, look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and listen, follow, and subscribe to the Reek and Havoc podcast on your favorite platform to keep up with the only weekly podcast covering the Huntsville Havoc, the Reek and Havoc podcast.